On today's Winning Cures Everything, we're going to predict the college football playoff national championship game uh, between Michigan and Washington using advanced stats. That's right. we got a ton of hiring and firing news now that the transfer portal has closed. Uh, I talk about the Rose Bowl and the future of the college football playoff, and we'll hit on all the latest transfer portal news and more. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. It is the Friday, January 5th edition of the show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on X. I am at Winning Cures. And this is Winning Cures Everything, where we talk college football news, rumors, and more all year round. We're not talking NFL Week 18. We're not talking Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel on this channel. No, sir. We are college football 100% here. This is our first show of the new year. So, welcome back. What an absolutely crazy pair of college football playoff semifinal games we got to witness uh, as the Michigan Wolverines took care of Alabama in overtime uh, in the Rose Bowl and the Washington Huskies held off a furious rally by Texas late in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, we are we're going to talk about the advanced stats for the national championship game. Um, but first, if you're not already subscribed to this channel, go ahead and do that for me. Uh, if you if you would like the video for me as well, a little thumbs up button right there. Uh, make sure and jump in the comments. Tell me what you think about you know today's topics about the show, etc. I would love to hear your opinion. Uh, all that stuff helps out the algorithm, helps me grow the channel, so that you know hopefully one day I'll be able to do this full-time as opposed to, you know, the mysterious day job. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can become a member on the YouTube channel. I think it's like $2.99 a month. Or you can just send me with a donation over at buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures. Or might I suggest visiting the web store. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see it down at the bottom there. Uh, while we're at it, if you'll look in the description, you can find a link to the BetUS College Football Show. Make sure to subscribe over there as well. Uh, you can find myself, Kyle Hunter, and Parker Fleming breaking down games, etc. All right, let's start things off with the national championship game. Washington versus Michigan on Monday night, January 8th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN inside NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, uh, where ticket prices were going for over $2,200 after Michigan won the Rose Bowl, and then they dropped to around $900 when Washington won. Uh, Texas fans would have just 
completely overpowered the Houston area if they had gotten in. Uh, Michigan, currently a four and a half point favorite, and the total is 56 and a half. Now, let me start with a rant, okay? I believe that Michigan versus Washington, this championship, will be the last championship game like this that we're going to see going forward. Yet, yeah, we're, we're going to get number one versus number two again. That'll likely happen. What I mean is two teams ranked outside of the top 10 in the 247 team talent composite. Uh, Michigan is number 14. Washington is number 26 heading into tonight. But if you look at Nick's stuff over at Campus to Canton, uh, the CFB winning edge roster strength metric, what we've got is Michigan with a number one roster and Washington number three. And that's, you know, thanks to a slew of upperclassmen, COVID seniors, etc. Uh, Washington was number 10 in returning production heading into this season. Michigan was number 15. Uh, Michigan, according to On3, they got 34 seniors on their roster. Uh, this kind of experience, being able to develop together, uh, it's not going to be commonplace going forward. Uh, with Washington, you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks with one of the greatest wide receiver cores ever, and you had to transfer in the quarterback. Uh, on top of that, I mean, just the way that Washington got here, the this Huskies team has won 10 consecutive games by 10 points or fewer, and, and only one of those was actually by 10 points. Uh, they are 14-0 and with eight one-score wins. That is just unheard of. So is it possible that we could see something like this going forward? Look at it this way. Okay, Michigan needed overtime to get past a flawed Alabama team. Uh, Washington needed Quinn Ewers to make just a terrible throw at the end of the game, or else we would have a completely different national title matchup. Right? Going forward in the in the twelve team or potentially sixteen team playoff, and we'll get to that. Uh, you're going to have to get through at least three games like that in order to make it to the national championship. Stars, I believe, are going to matter again. Uh, but right now, thanks to you know the COVID season and the current state of the transfer portal, all that kind of mess, uh, experience matters most right now. So, moving on, let's uh, let's look at the advanced stats for the College Football National Championship game. And what you see on your screen here is the advanced stats based on the entire season. And hopefully you can zoom in a little bit. If not, I'll, I'll read off some of these stats to you, but we're not going to spend forever on this. Uh, so let's, uh, let's take a look. Let's see what we've got here. Michigan is number two in PPA margin. Washington is number 16 for the full season. And that is based on the fact that Michigan is number 25 in offensive PPA per drive. And Washington is number 85 in defensive PPA per drive. Those are the weakest units on each team. The Michigan defense, number one in defensive PPA allowed per drive. Uh, PPA, by the way, is predicted points added. Uh, for Washington, they are number seven in offensive PPA per drive. Uh, you look at this Washington defense. Full season, they are number 14 in predicted points added per pass allowed. Uh, Michigan's offense is number five in that they're actually pretty good at throwing the ball um, whenever J.J.'s healthy, of course. <laughs> Towards the end of the season, it kind of fell off a little bit. But Michigan does not throw it very often. They throw it uh, 44% of the time. Teams were throwing on Washington 58%, yeah, more than 58% of the time uh, because... 
because they were always behind, right? So you're having to throw to try and catch up, et cetera. Uh, teams are only running on Washington 40% of the time, and yet Washington is number 130 in predicted points added aloud per rush. Uh, swapping over to the other side, Michigan on defense, number three PPA per pass. Uh, they are number four PPA per rush allowed. Washington's offense, number 11 PPA per pass. They are number 18 in PPA per rush. As far as passing explosiveness, this number kind of shocked me. Washington is number 89 in a passing explosiveness. Uh, Michigan does not allow explosives. They play a lot of zone in that secondary. Uh, so that is something, you know, it, if, if Michael Penix can avoid a pass rush, then we are... We'll see if he can hit his guys as accurately as we believe he can. We've seen him do it all year. He's otherworldly. But I'm I'm very curious uh, what they're going to do. The offense, number 18 PPA per rush for Washington. I found that number to be higher than I thought. They're number four in rushing success rate. When you are so terrified of the of the pass... Yeah, it's probably going to open up some holes on defense. However, I don't know that Washington's going to be able to do that against this Michigan uh, defensive line. Let's uh, let's look at the last six weeks of the you know regular season and whatever. Uh, for the full season, the stats have Michigan favored by fifteen. Uh, and when you look over the last eh the last six weeks, it's got Michigan favored by eight point three two, and this does include the CFP semifinal games. In those spots, you know, basically since uh, the middle of October, the end of October, PPA margin, Michigan number 18, Washington number 49 in predicted points added margin. Washington is number 30 in offensive PPA per drive. They are number 95 in defensive PPA per drive, which is not good. Number 131 PPA per rush, so they've actually gotten worse. They are dead last in the country over the past six weeks in rushing success rate allowed. Now, if you go and look at what Michigan has done on offense, yeah, that's it's not very good. Number 105 in rushing success rate. But they're also number 65 in passing success rate. They're not very good at that. Uh, but they run the ball 56% of the time. They just haven't been as successful at it as they typically are. I, I do think having a month off in between allows people to heal up and all that kind of stuff. Both of these teams were kind of fading down the stretch. Uh, is what it is, right? Is what it is. And yet they found a way to win conference title games and CFP semifinals to get to this spot. Uh, on the other side, Michigan's defense, still awesome. Washington's offense, still awesome. Uh, I'm very curious about the Dylan Johnson injury. I would like to know what we're going to see there. You know, what what is it that he, uh, what is he going to look like? They said that he's going to play. But man, seven days between games, that did not look good at the end of that ballgame. Eh, we'll see. We will see. Uh I look at all these different things. Penalties per game. Michigan is number one in the country. Washington is number 127. Turnover margin. Michigan is number two. Washington is number 56. Five factors plus talent. 
I've got Michigan number four over the past six weeks. Washington number 12. Uh, first and second half point margin. I mean, Michigan decided advantage there. I, I've i got to lean Michigan here. I know everybody wants to jump on the Washington bandwagon, but when I look at this, I see a team in Washington that you don't want to say they got lucky to get here because obviously there is something to the amount of experience that they've got. They know how to win ball games, But, man, you need a whole lot of stuff to happen. And in this situation, I think there's multiple ways that Michigan could win this game. We'll see if they decide to, you know, take the bait against against that secondary. uh, Because teams have shown that you can throw on Washington. But if Michigan gets a chance to do what they want to, then, then they will. They'll run the ball all over them. But Michigan could also beat them throwing the ball. I think Washington has to have just a dynamic game for Michael Penix. And we've seen that happen, but I think it is much more likely that we see Michigan cover the four and a half. Uh, I think Michigan, against that defense, uh, is going to be able to put up points, and I expect the Michigan defense to clamp down on this Washington offense. We have seen defenses be able to do this. Uh, Arizona State's defense, probably what Jesse Minter, the uh, Michigan defense coordinator, is going to lean on here. Give me Michigan minus the four and a half. And as far as the total goes, 56 and a half. Eh, how about this? I'll take the Michigan team total. If you saw me on the Bet US College Football Show uh, this week, earlier this week, um, I I took Michigan team total over 28 and a half. It's sitting at 30 right now. I'd probably take it up to 31. Uh, I don't know what to make of Washington, what they're going to do. We expect them to score points. Uh, but there have been games this year where they have not. So so we'll see what happens. All right, let me take a minute to remind you guys this show is free. Uh, I'm, I'm the host, I'm the manager, I'm the owner, the editor, whatever, right? I see all the numbers. And more than 60% of the viewers on this channel are not subscribed. So take just a second, hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, uh, hit the like button and, uh, and the notification bell. Uh, and that's going to tell you when we post new shows, uh, go live, all that kind of stuff. That stuff helps out tremendously. Um, oh, don't forget about subscribing to the podcast feed as well. I'm going to start putting up some exclusive content over there really soon. So you're going to want to make sure you are subscribed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure and leave a review over there as well. Uh, we certainly, certainly, I say we, I certainly would appreciate that. All right. Now, let's get to... Uh, Let's get to some news. Let me write down my times here. All right. Brian Kelly put on a master class of working the calendar to your advantage on Wednesday. For those that don't know, January 2nd was the close of the NCAA football transfer portal window. So down in Baton Rouge, LSU coach Brian Kelly waited until Wednesday, January 3rd to fire basically his entire defensive staff. Of course, he's not the only one to do this. Uh, and, and the reason why you still see names going into the portal, one, grad transfers can go in at any point, and two, uh, sometimes kids put their name in and it doesn't appear for a few days. So long as you submitted to the school by that date, uh, then you're good to go. But either way, uh, you can't help but notice the calendar here is what I'm saying. The defensive coordinator, Matt House, defensive line coach, uh, Jimmy Lindsey, safeties coach, Kerry Cooks, 
and the cornerbacks coach, Robert Steeples, were all let go. Uh, in all, it's going to cost LSU nearly $5.5 million to buy out those coaches, and that's not including the cost of hiring replacements to rebuild the staff on that side of the ball. Personally, I still believe Matt House can coach. I don't know a lot of other guys. Uh, all right, how about this? I don't know a lot of these other guys. I know what House was able to do at Kentucky was pretty awesome. Now, granted, he had that might have had something to do with Stoops being there, but either way, when you're bringing in an almost entirely new secondary through the portal and then you got injuries on top of that, that ain't easy for anybody. Still, probably should have been better. Uh, and what House tried to do with Harold Perkins, I'm not totally certain that I understand it. Right? I mean, that kid is a natural-born pass rusher, and they tried to get him to play middle linebacker. They tried to get him to play inside. Uh, you guys know the the whole square pegs, round holes thing, right? Either way, the defense was atrocious. It never got better. Uh, it culminated in giving up 31 points and over 500 yards of total offense to Wisconsin, which was the most yardage that Wisconsin had all year, despite the fact that the Badgers had like a ton of skill position guys out for this game. Um, as far as potential replacements to be the new LSU defense coordinator, it sounds like they've already kind of zeroed in on, on Missouri defense coordinator Blake Baker. Uh, he He's done an incredible job in Columbia for Drinkwitz. Baker, pretty aggressive play caller. Uh, he'll likely use you know Perkins as a heat-seeking missile next season if he does end up being the new D.C. Uh, he already signed a new contract extension in Columbia. Maybe they're working on that. They haven't announced anything for LSU that's official as of yet. And obviously, as I'm doing the show, I'm trying to keep tabs on what's going on, but I don't see anything as of yet. So, regardless. Uh, but it, the other thing to look at here is I wouldn't put it past uh, BK, you know, Brian Kelly, to hire his buddy Bob Diaco as the new DC. Uh, he joined the staff before this season as the outside linebackers coach, and... He's been Kelly's D.C. at Central Michigan, at Cincinnati, at Notre Dame, all at different points. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, oh, oh, good gracious. Uh, moving along. Let me write times down on this one as well. North Carolina fired defense coordinator Gene Chizik and their defensive line coach Tim Cross uh, after a second straight season where the team just absolutely crumbled in November. It, it absolutely makes sense. But the biggest question to me is this. How many more times is Mac Brown going to be able to do this? Right? He's, he's getting older, and I know that he's in good with the boosters there and everything else, but whew, um, it's been reported uh, today that the Tar Heels have hired former Georgia Tech head coach Jeff Collins as their new defense coordinator. Uh, Collins, really successful D.C. at Mississippi State and Florida before being hired as the head coach at Temple and ultimately Georgia Tech. Still, the question comes back around to Mac Brown. Like, does Collins offer, you know, some potential changes to, you know, help keep UNC from sliding at the end of these seasons? Like, Collins used to be really aggressive on defense. I would imagine that returns here. Uh, but, man, this, this Mac Brown question looms large over the uh over the program there looms large the next topic here texas a&m announced earlier this week they have hired 
Hallman Wiggins uh, as their wide receivers coach and co-offense coordinator. Wiggins has been Alabama's wide receivers coach since 2019. Obviously, when you start to think about the wide receivers Alabama's brought in or that they've had since 2019, you start thinking about Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Jamison Williams just a couple of years ago, John Mechie, etc. It's a lot of names there. The issue is that Wiggins didn't recruit any of them. When you really dive into it, Wiggins recruited 13 wide receivers to Alabama uh, before this most recent class. Nine of the 13 have already transferred out or are in this most current window. So, you know, do I think he can recruit? Absolutely. There's a lot of blue chip talent collected under his watch, but none have been breakouts. So, Texas A&M, here's hoping he actually brings in talent that actually stays in College Station as opposed to what happened to Alabama over the past few years. And that might just be the norm, right? It might just be what happens at all these different places uh, going forward. But, man, uh, it happened a lot. It happened a lot. And in all honesty, that staff is actually looking pretty good in College Station. It's a bunch of real football dudes. And they'll they'll obviously be able to get talent there. Uh, you got Colin Klein as the OC, Jay Bateman as the defense coordinator. Uh, I'm very curious to see what Elko can do with the program. I like what they're doing. That Just the, the Wiggins thing kind of surprised me. Kind of surprised me a little bit. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right. Viewership for the CFP, or, or at least the Rose Bowl, was pretty monstrous. The battle between Michigan and Alabama drew nearly 28 million viewers. It had a 13 rating. It was the highest viewership for a college football game since the 2018 National Championship game between Alabama and Georgia. That was the the second and 26th game. The peak for the game was over 32 million people uh, for the overtime, which is the most viewers for a non-NFL sporting event in six years. I have said on this show multiple times that one of the big reasons Alabama ended up in the CFP is because of TV ratings, Uh, and they certainly helped things with the close game against Michigan. And the CFP needed this, you know, considering, again, as I've said before, there is no TV contract past that 2025 season, which means there's no playoff past the 2025 season. Uh, Now, reports are out that Fox is preparing a massive bid for the CFP rights after the 2025 football season. Of course, we still haven't figured out which networks are going to be showing, you know, the full 11-game, 12-team playoff in 2024 and 25. But after seeing what the numbers were for Michigan versus Alabama, I'm convinced that we only have a 12-team playoff for the next two years. Uh, I'll get back to that in in a minute, right? So front office sports is reporting that Fox could be interested in bidding on all of the CFP games. Uh, 11 games for a 12-team playoff, and they are preparing a massive bid. Uh, It adds that one of the reasons that Fox is not interested in a bidding war for the NBA is to make sure that it's got enough funds for their marquee properties, like the CFP. Fox understands the value of live sports, 
and specifically uh, the NFL and college football, where they've already invested a ton of resources over the past five years. Uh, reportedly, Fox could be counting on ESPN, who they've been dealing with some, to put it lightly, financial issues. Uh, Fox is going to bank on them to not be able to go all in on this because they still are expected to push for the NBA, etc., right? Uh, still, Fox is going to have to deal with NBC and CBS and it, and ESPN, of course. They're going to put in a bid on it. And potentially, even you know tech giants like Apple or Amazon. Uh, all of them have apparently been somewhat interested. Uh, but regardless, I said that we're only going to get two years of the 12-team playoff. I think with NIL and the transfer portal, there are more teams that have hope than there's been in quite some time. Ole Miss has pushed all their chips in for next year. Uh, Missouri, doing big things. Oregon brought in Oklahoma's quarterback to keep the ship steady, right? Washington and Michigan are in the national title game this year for the first time. The top 20 recruits in this year's class are going to 16 different schools. That doesn't normally happen. Uh, I'm convinced that we're moving to a 16-team playoff. Back in July of 2022, uh, the soon-to-be Ohio State, or I guess soon-to-be former Ohio State AD, Gene Smith, told ESPN that the talk of the 16-team playoff was was growing. And there's a bunch of quotes in uh, the ESPN story and whatnot. But his exact quote was, 16 just seems to be out there. You can't ignore it. When networks see the numbers for all of these playoff games, especially compared to the viewership that bowl games typically get, the networks will want more. And the schools, once they see the playoff atmospheres at the home games for the lower-seeded teams. Remember, in the 12-team in the model, the top four seeds don't get a home game. It's, it's three consecutive neutral site games uh, after that. But the higher-seeded conference champions, they're going to want home games, uh, along with the the economic boom it could mean for their universities and their cities. When they see the numbers for hotel rooms and people coming in and how much how much it means to their area, they're going to want that too. I don't remember who brought it up. Like It, it might have been Josh Pate, but potentially bringing the NFL into the room for these uh, negotiations you know, to work on specific dates, maybe find a way to get the national championship back on a Saturday night, that would be absolutely genius. It's, it's an incredible idea that, personally, I think would work. I think it would be huge for the sport. Uh, my other reason, and, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but people love brackets, right? The NCAA tournament is massive because of the bracket. Everybody makes picks, whether they are, you know, actually gambling or not, right? A 12-team playoff with bye weeks, that's harder to map out than just a clean 16-team bracket. You... You want to get the casuals in on your playoff, so you need to build a clean bracket. Um, as for right now, the thing I'm most curious about is whether or not Michigan versus Washington for a national championship on a work night can outdraw Michigan versus Alabama in a semifinal on New Year's Day. That's going to be interesting. You've got two brand new fan bases. I'm I'm interested. How much do they bring to the table? Because remember, only 18 million people watched. Uh, Washington beat Texas. Now, that was super late at night. This one, a little more in the middle, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, God's time zone kick. We'll see. 
We'll see. Uh, real quick, again, uh, if you haven't, hit the like and subscribe buttons uh, and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. I'm going to continue working on some new things over the off season that, uh, that you'll want to be here for. So I would appreciate the support and don't forget to check out the merch store. All right. Uh, moving along, moving along. A lot of people have been giving out Rose Bowl opinions. So I figured I would throw in my two cents. Of course, uh, Stephen A. Smith had the most ridiculous take by saying that the Rose Bowl game should be moved to SoFi Stadium in L.A. since Pasadena is so hard to get to. Uh, apparently, he got caught in traffic on the way to the, the Bama-Michigan game on New Year's Day. Made a big deal about it on first take. Uh, look, you can't move that bowl game to an NFL stadium. It's not going to happen. It's not even really worth talking about. But no, there's no tradition at SoFi. Now, if UCLA wanted to move to SoFi or something... Eh, I mean, why not? SoFi is, is half the distance from UCLA's campus as the Rose Bowl, so that might actually make sense. Now, I doubt they would do it initially with their move to the Big Ten because that stadium means so much to the Big Ten, but still, in the future, that might make sense for UCLA. We'll see if the crowds get better with the Big Ten coming in. We'll see. Uh, the other big opinion was Kirk Herbstreit, and he's not the first to have this idea uh, but Kirk said that the college football playoff national championship game every season needs to be the Rose Bowl. And I understand where these people are coming from after coming off the you know Alabama-Michigan game with the perfect weather, the incredible game, uh, the perfect sunset, all that kind of mess, all the views. I get why some people might want to do that. You know, the pageantry, the scenes, the usually ideal weather, the callbacks to history, all that makes sense. However, I am totally against this idea. Uh, first off, other cities deserve that championship game. There is not a single big-time sport that has one specific location for their championship games. Uh, I know that FCS has the thing down in Frisco. I'm talking big-time, right? We know that conference title games are set in specific cities, the SEC in Atlanta, uh, the Big Ten in Indy, ACC is in Charlotte, Big 12 in Dallas, etc. But the championship game for the whole Marvels, that should be rotating, much like the Final Four. Cities bid on these things. It boosts the local economies. It's also money that goes directly back to the CFP. It helps out the football programs, etc. The next reason is because of the fan experience. People go to the Rose Bowl because of the tradition. As far as the personal experience... One of my closest friends explained to me that the stands are built straight back, not up, so mid-level is so far away from the field, and some fans may not even be tall enough to see over the people in front of them. There's also the lack of stadium tunnels and access points, way too many people walking back and forth, uh, and I'll, always, I'll, I'll toss in here as well. Uh, it's quite away from hotels, like for big events like this, you're going to be doing media days, all that kind of stuff. People want hotels close to the action. you got to make it walkable. It's what makes, you know, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, soon to be Nashville with their new Dome Stadium. It's what makes those places great. Uh, is there a place for the Rose Bowl in the future of college football? Absolutely. Absolutely. But as the yearly destination for this sports championship, nah. 
I'm not down with that uh, unless they improve the fan experience. And I don't envision a lot of stadium upgrades and, and all that kind of mess. And I don't even necessarily know that I would want them to. I just don't believe that that should be the spot where they end every single season. So, carrying on, writing down our times, of course. The transfer portal has been absolutely wild. I'm going to try and run through as much of this as I can, so make sure and stick with me. Uh, Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavaloa, he has entered the transfer portal as a grad transfer. If I had to guess, I'm going to bet that he ends up in Miami as a one-year quarterback for the Hurricanes, so long as the NCAA grants his waiver. He played five games for Alabama back in 2019. He then transferred to Maryland, only played four games in 2020, and then he played for the last three seasons. So that's five years, but in 2020 he only played four, so maybe that's a red shirt. I don't know, maybe he gets an, an extra COVID year, or one of those years counts as a red shirt or something. Who, who knows how this crap works anymore? I'm guessing he'll get a sixth year because, I mean, hell, we just saw, you know, Alan Bowman, the Oklahoma State quarterback, uh, he just got a seventh season. That dude played quarterback for Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. That was 2018. It's the same class as uh, as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So if he's getting years, hell, why not? Like, toss it in there. Uh, the Ole Miss running back, Quinshawn Judkins, he has entered the transfer portal. Uh, this one seemed a little weird initially if you're not tied in down in Oxford. Uh, you know, considering his success with Lane Kiffin, you'd figure he's going to be a massive part of the offense next season because it's pretty obvious they're trying to make a playoff push. Uh, but all of the rumors say that this has to do with NIL, right? The market is constantly evolving. Ole Miss has chosen where they're going to spend their money, and at least according to rumors, it's not on the running back position. So we'll see where Judkins ends up. Uh, the big NIL players have been Miami and Auburn, et cetera, so far. So who knows who's in on this one, but we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Purdue edge rusher Nick Scourton. He is transferring to Texas A&M. He had several visits lined up, uh, but he got to College Station, decided that was it for him. So big pickup for Mike Elko and company, uh, especially after they lost so many defensive linemen in the portal. Uh, Scourton was absolutely awesome this year at Purdue. Uh, so cheers to him on his new home. Uh, the last that we saw, uh, former Oregon backup quarterback Ty Thompson was visiting Iowa. Uh, and I, I get the idea, right? Rejuvenating a new offense in Iowa City that certainly could have looked appealing considering you know the expectations are so low there. Still, it seemed like an odd visit considering the Hawkeyes still don't have a new offense coordinator. And just as I was about to start recording, it was reported that Ty Thompson has committed to the Tulane Green Wave and Coach John Sumrall, which seems like an awesome fit. Uh, but I'm surprised that he announced it on the day that he was supposed to be visiting Iowa. So I got no idea anymore. It is what it is. Uh, former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard, he committed uh, committed to Ohio State. That one had been rumored for weeks at this point, and it makes a ton of sense. Howard is better than what McCord was. Uh, all this crap about both of them are burritos or whatever that uh, that Barrett Salee had been putting out there. I mean, come on. Like, what are we talking about? Uh, I'm going to be curious to see what he does with that amount of talent in Columbus um, and just what this offense is going to look like. 
I mean, we got some questions about Ryan Day, right? We'll see. Speaking of Ohio State, of course, former wide receiver Julian Fleming announced he is going to transfer to Penn State. Uh, and he announced that around the same time that the receiver Dante Cephas announced that he is transferring out of Happy Valley. Uh, Fleming, he's not going to be a you know the deep threat option for the Nittany Lions, but he is a mature presence in that receiving core. He's a good route runner, so I think he certainly adds something for Drew, uh, Drew Aller. I'm hoping I say that right. I've said it like that basically all year. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the move. Fleming to Penn State, I think it's good for that room. Uh, Alabama had nine guys enter the transfer portal. That includes the center, Seth McLaughlin, uh, who has already scheduled a trip to Ohio State. Uh, and then along with that, eight backups that had promise but couldn't progress on the depth chart. That includes the offensive lineman Terrence Ferguson and Earl Little Jr., uh, who are both talking to Florida State. Uh, and then the Juco wide receiver Malik Benson, who just came in this past year, everyone in Tuscaloosa kind of thought he might progress more next season. So that one was a bit of a surprise. Uh, but for the most part, not losing a ton of production uh, at Alabama. Uh, Cal quarterback Ben Finley, he has transferred to Akron. Uh, I think this could be big for you know the Zips and, and Coach Joe Moorhead. Finley hasn't been great at Cal and NC State, but... He's got the tools to be one of the top quarterbacks in the MAC next year. I'd stick a pin in that one. I'm going to be watching this one. Uh, Malachi Nelson, five-star quarterback recruit in last year's class. Uh, he entered the transfer portal after one year at USC. He has a visit lined up to Boise State, and it appears that the Broncos are the favorites to land him. Uh, that seems pretty wild. Last year, I mean, he chose USC over offers from Ohio State, Alabama, my, uh, yeah, Miami. Uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oregon, uh, I think the second-place team or whatever, he was picking between USC and Oklahoma. Uh, he chose USC. But when you start digging into it, like Nelson has an aunt that lives in Boise. Apparently he really likes what Bush Hamden is going to do with that Broncos offense. I guess I get it. Uh, but, man, that's a, that's a big-time recruit. Big-time recruit for Boise. So cheers to uh, to Coach Spencer out there. Uh, LSU running back Logan Diggs announced he is transferring out of Baton Rouge, and this comes after just transferring in from Notre Dame last season. Diggs was pretty good, but likely wants to go somewhere that he'll be a feature back. Um, along with, the, hey, you know what? Let's get out of the portal stuff. Let's get out of the portal stuff. We're taking too long today. Uh, rapid fire, quick hitter kind of news. Let's go on and jump to that. Uh, the Hawaii head coach, Timmy Chang has fired co-offensive coordinator and tight ends coach Ian Shoemaker and co-defensive coordinator, defensive tackles coach Etienne and corners coach Steve Irvin uh, after only the second season on the islands. I don't know that anybody deserves to be fired down there, honestly, because that roster is still in shambles. Um, and I don't know who you're going to hire to come in because you, you need to recruit. And nobody wants to go play in what's basically a high school stadium until the new Aloha Stadium is finished in 2025 or 26. So why you're firing a perfectly good staff, I, you got me. You got me. Uh, EA Sports is expected to release more news about the upcoming EA College football video game on Monday uh, in conjunction with the national title game. I wouldn't expect a trailer or a gameplay video or whatever, but, I mean, you never know with these things. Uh, still... You know, we're getting closer after losing this game. 
after the last version in 2013. Personally, I am excited about this. I love the idea of it. I want the game back. I got a PS5 specifically to play this game. So, is what it is. Uh, reports say that Army is transitioning back to the triple option. Not that I feel like they went far from it last year, but uh, they're promoting the quarterback coach, Cody Worley, to offensive coordinator. So, cheers to Jeff Munkin for embracing it and you know quickly realizing the rule changes were not going to completely stop you from... Uh, from running the option or the ability to run the option. Cheers to that. Uh, Alabama, big exodus of portal guys, but there were also multiple guys leaving for the NFL draft. You had the cornerbacks Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold, uh, defensive lineman Justin Iboiji, uh, linebacker Chris Braswell, and the left tackle J.C. Latham, but there are several guys that decided to stick around. Uh, most importantly, defensive back safety Malachi Moore, linebacker Deontay Lawson, and defensive lineman Tim Smith. Alabama, even with the uh, NFL draft guys in the in the portal exodus, uh, still expected to have anywhere from 70 to 80% returning production, which is going to be one of the highest in the country next year. Not a common thing for Alabama. So uh, there are other NFL early entries as well. Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy, uh, Georgia tight end Brock Bowers, You've got LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas and, of course, uh, Washington State quarterback Cam Ward announced uh, just last week that he is headed to the NFL as well. Uh, Some quick news that broke just as I was getting ready to record. Auburn has announced they have fired offensive coordinator Phillip Montgomery. It's kind of odd to see Hugh Freeze fire an OC after year one because typically he's the one that handles the offenses, but... I mean, we all heard the rumors that the team didn't even game plan for New Mexico State, and then Freeze reportedly said that he wasn't involved in the game plan for the bowl loss to Maryland, which is, I mean, what are what do we pay you for? Why would you say that? That's insane. <laughs> so, uh, just just wild. Just wild. We'll see what Auburn does next. Uh, Oklahoma fired their defense coordinator, Ted Roof. And they are expected to hire Jacksonville State defensive coordinator Zach Alley. Alley, uh, only 29 years old. It's a bit of a youth movement. He was a GA at Clemson during the the national title runs. I think it was 2015 to 2018. So that's the connection to Venables. Uh, But he then went and got his experience by spending two years with Harson at Boise. Uh, He was a DC at Louisiana Monroe under Terry Bowden. That was when Rich Rod was the offensive coordinator there. And then he left and joined Rich Rod as the D.C. at Jacksonville State for the last two years. One year at FCS, first year in FBS, won a bowl game. Really good stuff. Kid knows his stuff, obviously. Uh, And finally, the NCAA announced a new eight-year TV deal extension with ESPN. It's worth $920 million, and it will include the entire FCS playoff field. It's a sizable increase, so it sounds good to me. Uh, hopefully we can get even more of those games. Uh, part of the report said that there's going to be an increase in, in women's sports, so I think that's good. Um, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. All right, that is going to wrap up today's show. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and for being patient with me. Uh, this is a one-man show. I, I research and I create thumbnail. I edit. I film all of this myself. I write all the descriptions, uh, everything on the show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, life gets a little busy sometimes. Uh, this season we had 
a new baby girl at the house. Uh, feels weird. She is already nearly four months old. But the more that you watch, the more that you subscribe, the more I'll be able to do with this channel. Potentially turn it into a full-time thing. So, uh, you know, if you like what I'm doing, go ahead and like the video. It's that thumbs up button. Make sure and subscribe to the channel and uh, share it out with your friends. Oh, uh, toss in your comments. I want to hear your thoughts on, on all of these topics. I want to know what you think about this and about the show, period. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the Bet US College Football Show. We're doing a live show on Monday uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time before the National Championship game. You know, we're going to go over prop bets, etc. It's always a blast over there, so make sure that you are subscribed to that channel as well. Uh, if there's anything that you want me to talk about on the show, hit me up on X or Twitter, whatever you're going to call it, uh, at Winning Cures, or through email, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. I think that's going to do it. All right. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And I hope all of your tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.